Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me are my co-host, Joseph. Hello. And J.U. The caca has stayed for a yeah. little while. Yeah. I well, you know, I mean when I when I talked about changing it, there seemed to be some disappointment in the air, so I rethought it. But I still mm. I don't know. I'm I'm starting to feel hacky doing caca every week. It's it's really just the strongest identity that we have. Uh, <laughs> so I, I feel like if we lose that, we lose anything that's remotely special about what we do here. <laughs> that's fair. This week we are doing a audience submission. Which is movies starring animals, movies featuring animals. I'm not quite clear on the assignment. I, I, uh, well, I could actually read the email, but I think it's kind of both. I interpret it as movies where the, the animal is a central part of the story. So, okay, here's my question. I mean, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to rapid fire a couple of question marks I had. Yeah. Jurassic Park. Oh, that's already a tough one. Why would you start with a tough one? Exactly. Here's why. <laughs> Here's why Go I ahead. think that one wouldn't count. None of the animals have like a distinct, unique personality. Mm, okay. Okay. What about the jungle book? The new one? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess either I, of them. I was I was going to well, definitely not the animated one. Uh I I've, I did want to talk about that because I feel like the Lion King and the Jungle Book fall into a weird category where it looks like there are animals in it, but there are not. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like for with for the Lion King, it would have to be that there's not a human in it. Mm. So does it have to have that human lens? Is it like a human's perspective on animals? That is that what quantifies this? Because I I agree. I don't think Lion King counts. Yeah, I, like- I mean, I I feel like it has to be the animal has to have some sort of presence and like personality that moves the thir- the story forward that you know some uniqueness i think and mm. there has to be humans reacting to it is how at least how i interpreted it and how i was getting ready for this so then i would say unquestionably things like marley and me homeward bound yep hey yeah. hey 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 we have to talk about things but yeah i'm just i'm just saying just so we can define the parameters of this yeah that is we, that is interesting because even within those parameters, you know, things like uh, like Homeward Bound, there's not that much humans in it. It's yeah, it's, I, they're, I mean, they're, really, they're tame animals, but they're not. Uh, you know, it's not really a human centric story. What's the difference really between Homeward Bound and say The Lion King? I mean, it's just talking animals and their little adventure, but it but there's feels real different. animals. So they're real. I think that's the key. I think there needs to be animal actors, at least for the most part. I have a few exceptions, Mm. I think, but I think that's an important quality. So fuck you, Stuart Little. Yeah, fuck (laughs) you, Stuart Little. (laughs) I I was going to start with, I think probably the, I was, I had it written down, broken down by animal just because I thought that was the only way that I could organize it in my brain. But uh, I figured we start with the largest, most common category because it's probably the easiest animal to work with. The dog movie. The dog movies. There's 10 gajillion dog movies. (laughs) Hey, before we even get into, before we name off a movie, I want to propose we use a different grading system than our usual grading system. Okay. I'm excited to hear it. Okay. If this is a good movie that features an animal, it's That'll Do Pit. (laughs) Okay. If this is a bad movie featuring an, an animal, 
It's old yeller behind the shit. <laughs> we're killing that animal. Uh, yeah, we're just taking him behind the shed and we're tearful. We're not happy about it, but it has to be done. So wait, I just out of curiosity, what would old yeller be? Old yeller would be that'll do pig. Did, That's what I thought. <laughs> see, this is going to be one of those things that I think not necessarily the difference in age between me and you guys, but the difference in age between me, your parents and my parents. Did, did they view showing old yeller to you as like as, as like a part of growing up as like showing you a responsibility about life? No, no. It was See, just on Disney Channel late at night or something. Ironically, though, the, the media that I consumed treated it that way. So I knew that it's supposed to be that. See, yeah, Odell definitely showed it to me and definitely like explained it to me as like, this is something you're probably going to have to do at some point in your life. <laughs> you will shoot a dog. <laughs> like, and at that point, I was like, man, I don't want to own a pet or a gun or a shed. I want none of those fucking things. Okay, so here's my other question. Follow up. What is Babe? Is Babe that'll do pig? Or is it? Oh, Babe is definitely this? that'll do pig. I mean, Babe's, okay. gonna, Babe's probably going to win this thing, right? Spoiler alert. Oh, I didn't know we were doing a bracket system, but sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. I still didn't see Babe or Babe Pig in the city because I'm a piece of trash. Oh, I don't think Babe, I don't remember Babe Pig in the city, but I do remember enjoying Babe. It's got that guy who always plays Bush Senior in it. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> but yeah, what do you got, Joseph? Dog movies. Well, you know, I think there's a, a long history of dog movies. I think the, the most famous old dog movie that I could think of was Lassie. Uh, yeah. Though I don't think I've ever actually seen. Let's see. Here's the thing that I realized in research. I know a lot about a lot of these movies, but I don't think I've ever seen a movie with an animal in it. That's because this is not <laughs> a good genre of movie. <laughs> I, well, the, the thing is about judging Lassie is there's I think there's around 700 Lassie movies and like two or three TV series. So really, you're judging more of a concept than really a piece of art. I thought you were going to say there are 700 Lassie movies and also 700 Lassies. <laughs> I mean, there is like 700 Lassies. shot them immediately after the movie was filmed. <laughs> a friend of mine claims that she has a dog that's a descendant of Lassie. And um, yeah, that has nothing to do with this. I just think that's a really dumb thing to lie about. Yeah, that's definitely about a lie. That seems really suspicious. I, you know what? I want to believe. <laughs> all right Mulder. so just out of curiosity hurt since i i don't know if it, christian have did you have you seen old yeller is that was yeah that, i've seen old yeller okay yeah. i i have never actually seen it i just know it from the tropes is it actually a good movie besides the sad dog bit yeah Man, I think it's, it's, a, a, I, it's a good movie it's a good movie when you're like seven i, I don't think i'd watch it now but when, oh yeah as definitely a, that but you know as a kid i was fucking enthralled it's uh it's has some, it's something I certainly have no interest ever watching again, but I remember there's isn't there's a part where he like almost gets attacked by like a mountain lion or something. I don't I may be making this up, and Yeller stands up and fights it and like it's an emotional moment. And of course yeah. the ending is, you know, pretty gut wrenching. I don't know if it's as gut wrenching as what's the one where the dog dies and the other dog is sad. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. Futurama? Between Oh, gosh. Keep going. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sad Ian couldn't make it to this episode because he had some uh, some interesting picks for, for this whole genre. But 
I, I believe he didn't really want to talk about dog movies because his uh, suspicion was that all dog movies are sad. Where the Red Fern Grows. You guys never saw that? Oh, or no, I that? totally saw Where the Red Fern Grows. Yes. Way sadder, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, th- that is true. That's that's like Old Yeller is sad for a seven-year-old. That shit's like real life sad. Yeah, no, all dog movies are sad. Even the bad ones are sad. Marley and Me is a dumb fucking movie, but it is still somehow sad. <laughs> right. you, you saw exactly where I was leading you. Like a dog to water. Yeah, the, the the only the first like this movie about a dog, like a, a boy and his dog that I remember ever seeing was Shiloh. And that's I think that was like, I don't know if that was a real movie or a Disney Channel movie. I know there's a movie with, where it's a boy and his dog. And then at some point at the end of the movie, there's a clown that says that that dog was his and tries to reclaim the dog. And they put the dog in between the boy and the clown and the dog has to pick which one is going to be its master. I don't know what fucking movie that is. Uh, one of the dog movies i want to bring up a clown as a plot point but go ahead <laughs> i don't know what movie that is if somebody listened to this like that strikes a chord with them please let me know but i couldn't fit, find it what's what's your clown movie uh well i mean the dog movie i was gonna bring up is i think one of the great cinematic achievements of all time which is air Bud. Mm. oh great movie the first one is legitimately fun the first one is legitimately a fun movie they i mean it is it is funny that they've somehow made like 700 of uh, more. He's played like every sport. He's went to fucking space. I mean, the only sport he hasn't done is MMA. And I think that's just <laughs> Michael Vick's fault. Um, God. You uh, thought of that joke two weeks ago. You've been <laughs> holding on to when, it. When I, when I said I had two jokes for this, that was one of them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, if you look at its fucking, uh, it's fucking Wikipedia. The first, uh, the first sentence is Norm Smithley, an alcoholic clown and his golden retriever. So, <laughs> I don't know what there is with clowns and and dog movies, but a clown also plays a part in Airbud. Maybe Airbud was the one I was thinking of. <laughs> I've mixed Could up all be. dog movies in my head. Well, and in your defense, golden retriever number one in dog. For sure, dog movie. I like the fact that there's like like a canonical reason in the first Airbud why he's like can do stuff, (laughs) and after that he's just like, oh, it's cute. Fuck it. (laughs) My kids have been watching one of the Airbud sequels on Disney Plus, and it's like Airbud's puppies are superheroes. They've been given powers by an alien. And it, it is literally the same production quality as Lamageddon. Like it is <laughs> right there. Uh, it's pretty. It's it's pretty entertaining. Right on. We could sit here and talk about dog movies all day, but I'm curious to hear other animal categories that you have. Well, this are is there good. cat movies? I want to transition into this because there aren't that many cat movies. Because yeah, I didn't think so. Cats are notoriously hard to work with, but one of the ones that you right. brought up is one of the only animal movies I remember, which is Homeward Bound, which is the two dogs and the cat. I think the family moves and they just travel across the country to like, I can't remember. They, were they like, they fall out of a truck or something? What's the, what's the deal? Sounds reasonable. Yeah, sure. Because I, I don't think that, uh, that like narratively they would have been like the family just left them because they didn't want to take them with them. I suspect it was probably something like, oh, they meant to take them with them, but something happened along the way. Right. But I, re- I remember the, the things I remember about this is, is the one dog getting the porcupine pins in his face and then the cat almost drowning. 
uh, but then right. surviving in the end, which was again, the, w- once again, a fairly harrowing something about it happening to animals. I feel like is worse than happening to people. The, I don't remember a thing about the plot of this movie, except for that cat almost dry, drowning, which is yep. upsetting. <laughs> as far as other cat movies, I think probably uh, Christian and I, one of the, the most famous ones from our generation is uh, Hocus Pocus, which I think is a mixture of uh, there's a, a definitely a real cat in some. And I think there's probably I don't know if it's actually the, the same uh, Salem puppet from uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, but it feels like it would be. But I know that's that's a very famous one. Again, we've talked about it on the on. I don't actually know if we talked about it on the show. Jason Marsden, voice actor, is Max Goofy's son in the Goofy movies. But he voices Simba's son in the Lion King sequel, and he also voices Thackeray Binks from Hocus Pocus. Both of which were important sexual awakening characters for a lot of women of our generation. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't I don't really know what that's about, but I, I thought it was worth noting. Oh. Which 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 movie has a cat in it named Binks? That's this one. Oh, that's it. Okay, yeah, because yeah, like every goth girl of a certain age has had a black cat named Binks. A hundred percent. Yeah. Zachary uh, so Binks. here's a here's a controversial opinion. I've never seen this movie, which is hard to believe with a person of my generation. But. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, look, it's good. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's it's pretty fun watch it on halloween it's probably better than most halloween movies have we done halloween <laughs> movies we've done we scary we, movies we haven't yeah. done halloween centric movies this and halloween town that's what we're gonna do this year yeah i did rewatch <laughs> halloween town it's okay you did yeah i Dang. did it for that episode that disappeared into the ether that we you and i did <laughs> <laughs> oh good times good yep. times uh, All other, right, so those are cat. Oh, we have we have more cat movies. I'll do quickly. Uh, uh, Inside Lewin Davis, just because the cat is a pretty important part of the plot, right? Uh, which Hurt needs to see because it's very much of his alley. Yeah, I wanted I, to, I wanted to bring up Roar, that '80s movie that was filmed with real lions, where like everybody got. Oh yeah, ruined. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I don't know who thought that was going to be a good idea. That's one of the best stories. <laughs> Actually, so on on the note of production stories, uh, the the tiger from the interview with Seth Rogen. Uh, if, if you haven't seen <laughs> Seth Rogen talk about working with the tiger on set, it's uh, one of my favorite like talk show stories. Right on. Like uh, that's uh, what's his name, Graham Norton. The only one, the other one that that I looked up and then I was surprised. Do you guys know Milo Notice is a Japanese movie? I didn't know that. Didn't know. Had no clue. Yeah, it is. Apparently, it was released, you know, with a with a uh, English narration. But I mean, like the original name was Milo and Otis, and it's Japanese. I don't really know why they decided to go with those names, but hey. Little fun fact there for you. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, one recent one I wanted to bring up, although now thinking about it, I don't know if the cat was real. Uh, Keanu. Surely some of it was real. I don't know if the talking I, bit was real. You know, yeah, that's what I think. I think it was a mixture of a cute cat and a CGI cute cat. It's it's getting harder to tell these days. Right. But I mean, that's a fun movie. I don't I don't. It's one of those movies that I had the trailer had hyped it up so much in my head that when I saw it, it was kind of a disappointment. But I mean, judge objectively, it's a fun action comedy with a cat in it. Those sounds like perfect J. Hugh words right there. <laughs> that is. That's true. That's that's a, that's basically catnip for J. Hugh. I see what you did there. There's joke yeah. three right there. I don't know what the second <laughs> one is. <laughs> All right. Podcast over. We did it. Yeah. All right. uh, 
one of the other main categories of animals that are in movies, probably second only to dogs, is monkeys. There are a lot of monkeys in movies. Right. And like a third of them are played by Andy Serkis. Uh, you know, I, th- I think two of the most famous ones, King Kong and and uh, and Caesar from Planet of the Apes, are not real, but look real because of modern technology. Right. But there are still a lot of movies that have real monkeys, which is apparently a pretty dark trade. Monkey actors. Right. Uh, apparently, they're only like good for a few years. Mm. And then, then they, they start beating the shit out of people. Yeah. Then they get very like aggressive and not good to work with. Uh, and so then there's just like this this whole industry. I don't know if it's industry, but there's a whole collection of you know it's like it's like child actors who go crazy in their adulthood. Except we can just lock them in cages. Right. <laughs> it's real fucking dark. Anyway, yeah. so fun monkey movies. Uh, <laughs> one of the ones I it's it's a similar vein, but there's a whole series of uh, monkey movies called Most Valuable Primate, where the Bro. the monkey just does a bunch of sports. It's essentially Air Bud with monkeys right have you seen any of these hurt i'm just now learning they exist okay same here there's a there's a famous monkey movie uh where it's a monkey that's living in a hotel and it's not supposed to called dunstan checks in oh shit definitely know dustin checks yes i forgot this movie existed I so think, thanks, I guess. I think like Jason Alexander's in it. I don't know anything else about it. <laughs> it I was sounds about like to say, a movie the main Jason thing to know about is Jason Alexander. <laughs> the problem with the monkey movies for me is I don't like monkeys. They freak me out. So I have certainly for all the non-animal movies I haven't seen, I'm definitely not going to seek out monkey movies. Uh, but the ones I wanted to mention uh, are Pirates of the Caribbean with a little capuchin monkey that is uh, yeah, yeah. a pretty good actor. You know, yeah. Right. Is that the same capuchin for Night at the Museum? I don't know. Uh, and then one that, that falls into a generally bigger category of uh, movies with a lot of animals in them, both Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have no idea how many of those. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of real animals in that. Yeah. Um, a couple I wanted to mention in the monkey genre. Uh, both of these, I think my age is going to separate me from you guys on these. Uh, first of all, the Clint Eastwood R-rated action comedies, Any Which Way But Loose and Any Which Way You Can. Have either of you all seen either of these movies? Never seen them, heard of them, though. There's really no need to. It's Clint, Clint Eastwood is a bare-knuckle boxer, and he has a pet chimpanzee, and he's being pursued by some comedically evil bikers and that's literally all you need to know and when i was like eight it meant watching like an edited version of it on tbs i thought that shit was fucking hilarious i can still remember the theme music exactly that the bikers had it's as iconic to me as the fucking star wars theme but i have no idea if these movies are good by any sort of real standards i mean um, it sounds good when you pitch it like that right uh, uh, the other one is King Kong 1978. That one's my King Kong. I know, you know, mm. the original is supposed to be the great one. The new one's the long one. But I really love the Jeff Bridges one. And in my own headcanon, that character is Jeff Lebowski. Interesting. But my, my theory on this is, is where does the dude get his money? He doesn't really... <laughs> He doesn't really have a job, but he can't afford that apartment, which even though it isn't great, it's still in fucking L.A. It's expensive. I think he got a settlement and a new identity 
after what he shit went through <laughs> with the shit with the giant monkey. That's my that's my own fan theory. I like it. That has nothing to do with the animal. Although I guess there is a marmot in and the in the Big Lebowski, so there is a tie <laughs> together. There's a there's a deleted scene in the Big Lebowski where Jeff Bridges' eyes go black as he's staring into the fire and recounts the stories of Skull Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to count any, uh, Planet of the Apes or King Kong, but Planet of the Apes would probably win for me. I'm surprised we haven't talked about what I think is arguably the most common animal movie is the fucking horse movie. Uh, well, that's that was, true. That's that was my next category. I, I will say my my concern coming into this was I feel like largely these movies are made for an audience that is not us, <laughs> right? Which is funny because I feel like so I <laughs> I've never seen like a Black Beauty or a Flicka or any of that kind of stuff, but it occurs to me that like the difference between that and like a war horse is functionally none. <laughs> right. uh, it's just about you know the the bond between. You know, a girl in her horse and a and a soldier in his horse, uh, but but somehow one like I don't know, like one gets treated like it's, it's a you know Steven Spielberg serious movie, and one is Black Beauty, I guess. <laughs> right, right. One the one is just flowery My Little Pony. Yeah, neither of them are great though. Uh, the the only one that I really liked that I, I was going back through and I thought of it, what didn't even show up on a lot of lists that I was looking at, is uh, old uh, Hidalgo with Viggo Mortensen. That I is a good movie. Yeah, I knew this is where you were. As soon as I brought up horse movie, I was like, Joseph's going to say Hidalgo. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this for too long. <laughs> yeah. Well, one my kids introduced me to recently, really my wife, because I didn't know it existed, um, is called uh, The Diving Horse, mm. which is like a early 90s Disney film. And apparently, a true story, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this was a thing, but back when circuses were really bad about abusing animals, they would make horses run up ramps and jump off of them into pools 40 feet in the air. Oh, and uh, yeah, that's what this movie is about. It's about a girl learning to jump on the horse as, as it jumps from the air into the pool as people watched. But Jeez. yeah, it's worse than Transformers. It's definitely old yeller behind the shed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot to use our rating system. Most of yeah. these are old yeller behind the shed is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> actually most of these has been have been more like i think i remember this well that's fair like i don't know if we can make a a good judgment on something that we're not even sure if we remember seeing i don't feel like that's ever stopped us in the past <laughs> that's a good point i just remember there was a movie called the horse whisperer uh which i'm sure is fine but i feel like we've mined about as much as we need to mine here right yeah, the only thing I wanted to add, and this isn't really an opinion, but wasn't that Art of Racing in the Rain? Wasn't that actually a dog movie? Am Maybe? I misremembering that? I didn't watch it, but I, I mean, the trailer made it seem like it was. Yeah, there's. I literally, I just was curious if that's what it was because I couldn't remember. Yeah, I don't care for shit about these movies. I I only watch them because <laughs> I have children. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> We, I'm sorry, Susie. We gave it our best shot. I'm well, giving this podcast old yeller behind the shit. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's, I think there's some like, okay. Do you think the Anchorman counts in this genre? Like no? Baxter? Yeah, I'm saying no. See, I think Baxter is the main thing that moves the plot a point uh, forward. He's not what the plot is about, but 
everything that happens to Ron kind of happens because of the various things that happened to Baxter. I, w- I will say in your defense, ate a whole block of cheese and pooped in the refrigerator might be my favorite line of dialogue in a movie. <laughs> ever. Yeah, this is a tough this is a tough one because there are so many movies where the characters have a pet and obviously they love their pet, but it doesn't. I, I don't you know, I don't know if that makes it a animal movie. And again, there are a lot of movies that are about animals that I don't even know if they like again. I don't I don't know that I was clear on the assignment on this one. Sure. But we did it. We did it. We did our best. We didn't even actually talk about Babe. We I mean, we said in the beginning that it is, you know, that'll do big, which is yeah, what I mean, else I can you say? Is, I guess there is nothing really to talk about. It's a good movie about a guy and his pig, but also yeah. the same guy who made Babe and Babe Pig in the City made Mad Max and Mad Max Fury Road. I was not aware of that. Oh, okay. That's an important thing George, to know. George Miller made George Miller made both the Babes movies. I knew that he made I knew that he made Happy Feet, so I knew he could stray far from the genre, but that's awesome. That, <laughs> that makes me love that guy even more. Sure. I'm still sad we never got his Justice League movie. I think I it would have been terrible, but I would definitely want us to watch it. It can't be worse than the Justice League movies we've gotten. It <laughs> cannot. In fact, I suspect if you strung together the test footage that they already had, it probably uh, could have been just as good. Yeah. And if they would have made it now in retrospect, we'd have a Batman who's a cannibal. That's so oh, God. God damn it. I was about to make an army <laughs> hammer joke. You beat me to it. <laughs> oh, man. All right, that's good it. Times, We're done. Good time. <laughs> what have we been watching this past week, guys? Uh, I'm going to go quick because I haven't watched anything. Um, a few weeks ago, I mentioned that I was reading Harry Potter. And I, w- I think I said I had started Goblet of Fire, which was true. And it took me about, I don't know, three and a half weeks to get through that book. Uh, which I bring that up because it only took me about five days to get through Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince. I'm in the middle of Deathly Hallows now. Um, so I'm going to update my rankings and say, without a doubt, Goblet of Fire, both worst movie and worst book. It's terrible. That's it. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, first of all, before I, before I get into this, I, I had said a few weeks ago that I had some big update coming. And I want to be clear before anybody gets excited about it. What I mean is that is there's just something I want to talk a long time about. But I've decided to put it off yet another week because you. I don't I don't understand how it's different from anything else you ever. <laughs> yeah, I about. know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one, this one, I've decided I'm going to have to break up into three different well, what we're talking does this, about. Does this need to be an episode? Does this need to be Hertz monologue? No, because, because it would just be me talking about something that no one on Earth but <laughs> me is interested in. I did, but it's I, something I've been doing for over a year. So I have to do something with it. But no, the reason I'm not is because, Christian, you are not done talking. We are going to talk about fucking Bad Batch. Okay, okay, hold on. That's a great point. I want to add one more thing, an asterisk that you reminded me of before you said this about Harry Potter. Okay. Um, my 53-year-old mother is reading Harry Potter for the first time right now. This is what put me on the track of reading Harry Potter. I want to do a special Real Phonies episode, which is just my mother reviewing Harry Potter books. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds great. I'm here for it. All right, Hurt. The All bad right, batch. Well, I, I mean, oh, you know, I watched The Bad Batch. I, I uh, You know, uh, binging is not really my thing, but I tore through that shit because... Turns out it is great. I, you know, I'd said this in the last podcast, but I reiterate that I 
wasn't super excited about it. I didn't think the backdoor pilot on Clone Wars was that engaging. You know, I kind of thought it was the low part of that last season. And the pilot being so long, you know, the first at the first actual episode, just every time I would start to start as I don't want to do this for an hour and a half. But man, I am so glad that it is. Christian, you may know this because I, I haven't read up, but was this one maybe geared at being for a little older kids than Rebels was? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure the exact age group it's targeted at because it definitely feels more so for an audience who's watched The Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, and obviously that's not eight-year-olds i don't think but um it definitely is a little older than rebels or clone wars yeah it just feels like it feels like the death in it can be very deliberate and murdery which it doesn't in those but uh you know anybody who's unfamiliar with this and god if you've never watched clone wars then this is really going to be uninteresting to you but uh a group of five of the clones are you know allegedly defective which gives them these special powers and this follows their them after uh the execute order 66 scene and uh first of all man that that intro is just great the part where they're uh with the two jedis when mm-hmm. the uh order 66 happened that's some fucking great star wars shit i'm more and more just getting to the point where i was like can we just do just animated star wars because it's better than anything else yeah it's it really to that point what's so great about it is that conceptually when the bad batch was announced like you i wasn't excited about by the backdoor pilot in the last season of Clone Wars, uh, but pretty much episode one. And again, that opening is great. And and it, the Bad Batch as a series is a really good bridge between Clone Wars and Rebels. There's obviously elements of both in it. But what I really, really like about this show is that it asks really interesting questions, which are like, for example, um, you had this this army made up of these clones to fight these separatists, but these separatists probably also would hate the Empire. So they should be allies now. And how right. does that work out? And that's a question this show asks. And it makes for a really interesting couple of episodes, like the Bad Batch having to help separatist sen- senators. Um, right. And it does that a few times. I mean, you know, how would they handle the transition from clones to regular troopers? And why would they do that? It revolves around concepts, I feel like, more than just plot. And those concepts are really, really interesting. Totally, totally agree. And I totally agree. The thing where these guys are trying to figure out their place in the world, where they know they're no longer behind what their former you know, masters did, but what do they do next? And mm-hmm. also, just something it gets into that Star Wars, it's kind of always been there. But we're, this is the first time it really sort of addresses it is when you're dealing with a clone, when you're dealing with a drone, how much of their good or bad behavior is really their choice. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a point in uh, in one of the later episodes where a droid saves one of the main characters. And, you know, it just matter of factly says that, you know, well, my the main prerogative of my programming is to protect you. Like it wasn't really an emotional connection. It was just what it had to do. And, you know, Star Wars droids have always been portrayed as a little more cuddly than that. So I thought that was a, a that was a sort of cool, dark, different take. 
Yeah. Well, the, well, the thing I wanted to talk to you about specifically, and I'm going to issue a spoiler warning and then I'm going to apologize to Joseph. He can either stop listening or he can just suck it up. Um, so number one, the destruction of Camino is a fucking incredible scene. Dude, that fucking that fucking like episode where all the action happens on the first episode. And then the second episode is just these guys in this really fucking tense, harrowing situation, mm -hmm. just trying to get out of it. That was fucking heavy for an animated yeah. show. The end of that, the end of that first part and the the uh, star cruisers are just like blasting it. And, you know, that they're in there and they can't get out. I, I thought. It was fantastic. Visually, <laughs> it was great. And yeah. yeah, it's real heavy. It's gut wrenching. But the thing I wanted to talk to you about. So this is where I think it's all going. I think this show has more to do with the Mandalorian and with Ahsoka than we know. So right. if you guys remember way back when we did season one of Mandalorian, I pointed out that the guy who was trying to get Baby Yoda, not Werner Hartzog, the other guy, was wearing a Camino logo on his outfit um, right and at the end of season one of bad batch they take nala say who was the kaminoan who was responsible for making the clones to some sort of fortress uh now her this is where it kind of gets theory and i don't know if you picked up on this but in air of the empire there is a mountain fortress that is protected by an evil jedi named i don't I always get it wrong sabayoth or I don't know how to say it. I, I, I also, I was waiting for you to pronounce it first. We'll go with Sabayoth. Okay, good. Which is a giant mountain fortress protected by this evil Jedi guy that is supposedly the, the vault of the emperor. Turns out that is all like a cloning chamber and they're trying to clone the emperor, blah, blah, blah. I think that's exactly what's fucking happening in this show. And I think Sabayoth is going to be the villain of the Ahsoka show. They, they didn't confirm that that was planet Wayland, which is where it all happens in air to the empire. Right. But they did after the show, I guess nobody got it at the time, but in an interview, like three days later, the executive producer was like, no, hundred percent. That's planet Wayland uh, that you see in that last shot. Uh, first of all, I had not even thought of the of the idea of it being the villain for Ahsoka, but everything else. Yeah, I I really want to be that it's going to be the return of that character. You know, they've reintroduced Grand Animal Thrawn from the Heir to the Empire books, of course. And there there's always talk of trying to find a way to fit Mar Mara Jade in. But this is the character I've always wanted, because I always thought the idea of a dark Jedi that was crazy was a pretty scary thing and first of all if it debuts in this i think it would fit in really well in this but uh but being with uh, uh being a villain for ahsoka i think that makes perfect sense that's how you give her a dark jedi villain yeah, yeah. I, I like that a lot i definitely feel like this show is doing a lot of heavy lifting uh and, and like mandalorian somewhat and probably ahsoka will do this as well as well as heavy lifting to kind of retcon the, how we view the sequel trilogy right. um but this is doing a lot of setup for that well you know this uh, th that first episode of this is the first thing i've saw where disney retconned themselves because they they already did you know Kanan's origin in a comic on you know mm -hmm, after mm -hmm. the Disney buyout so it was in canon uh, in in a Marvel comic and it I mean it's not wildly different but the Bad Batch wasn't there you know so 
it, it basically shows that Disney isn't afraid to maybe retcon themselves together. Now, if you're out there getting super excited, this is finally means that Catherine Kennedy is getting fired or whatever your wet dream is. I don't think it's going to be that. I'm just saying that, you know, Disney probably isn't afraid to fine tune some of this shit to make it look a little better. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think they're going to change the context of a lot of things. So maybe stuff behind right. the scenes is going to change the way it's presented in the sequel trilogy. Right, right. I agree. Totally. But yeah, uh, man, uh, Bad Batch, better than Transformers. If you guys out there haven't watched it. Also, I, I don't think, even though it's a good bridge between the other two series, I don't think you really need to watch them. I think it stands pretty well on its own. You guys make a hard sell for it. I've, I also was, was not a big fan of the uh, the backdoor pilot. And so I've been putting it off because it just hasn't really excited me. But everything you talk about, it sounds really cool. I mean, you should really watch that first. It's episode. good shit. It yeah. is good shit. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about briefly, uh, and what made me want to talk about it is because Joseph currently has men workers at his house. Uh, I recently also had men workers at my house, and I wanted to watch while they were going through the house instead of stuff I watched like soap operas and videos about Pokemon, something manly. So they wouldn't, you know, think I was a smuck and try to overcharge me. So I started watching a show called Mr. In Between. Are are, are you all aware of this show? I've never even heard of it. I think that's a problem. I don't think anybody has heard of it. It's a FX show about a, you know, Australian hitman, and it's only a half an hour you can fucking breeze through an episode, but it's a half hour like crime drama, which is really pretty unheard of. That is weird uh, and also delightful because I hate hour long things. Dude, I think I really think you guys would like it because it never spends too much time on anything. It spends exactly the amount of time it needs to convey its point and then on to the next thing. I, one of the, no one in it is pretty. Like there's, I'm not saying they're <laughs> ugly, but there's like, Everybody in it just looks like people, and I really fucking dig that. I'm a little fascinated as to its origins, and I haven't really found out a lot about it, but apparently this dude, his name is Scott Ryan, he made like a mockumentary found footage movie in like 2004 or something about this hitman, and then did nothing for like 12 years, and then did this series about it. It's and it's the same character. I haven't seen the original movie, but the original movie is called like the magician or something. But uh, yeah, man, it's just really good. He's like a divorced father. And, you know, that sounds like maybe a sitcom premise of he's a hit man and a divorced father. But uh, the shit with him and his daughter is really cool. And it is a funny show. It's not a comedy, but there's uh, some great humor in it. He has great scuzzy friends. And I just really I, this is one. I'm saying right now, you guys, this isn't just a Jehu thing. You guys should try this one out. It's a, if you got Hulu, it's on Hulu. They're only a half hour. You can't lose much by giving it a shot. What's the name of it? Sounds again? good. Mr. In-Between. Mr. In-Between. Just out of curiosity, how did you get turned on to it? I think at some point, because I thought about, I thought about, um, you know, watching Justified while they were there here. But Sarah wants to watch Justified at some point. So I didn't want to start it again without her. And I think I just like Googled shows like Justified. And I think this came up because Denny Crow is in it. Hmm. And Denny Crow's Australian in it. Is he really Australian? I don't know. He's convincing as Australian. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, no, it, it's pretty fucking good. Cool, cool. That's all I got. 
Well, I haven't watched anything I would I would care to recount. I did a similar thing, hurt in that I'm I was trying to find anime all day that I was like, if somebody popped in on this, are they gonna judge me real hard? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which really just meant I just didn't watch anime. Right. <laughs> but no, the only thing that I, I wanted to note, I uh finally started watching and, and mostly caught up on uh, Hard Knocks, the uh, newest episode just came out last night. I haven't seen that one yet. For those who don't remember, Christian talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, it's a NFL produced series. They they follow a bad team, a team that hasn't had a lot of success uh, during their preseason, and kind of highlights you know what what their narratives are this year. And they focus on players that are kind of like not necessarily like they usually do some stuff with the star people. But they also do stuff with like the people who are just like looking to make make the team to get a job you know, to, to really just hold on to their dream of playing football and whatever. I've, I've pitched this to you hurt before because I like this show and, and so much, I feel like of the way that NFL is promoted now is inspired from wrestling, but this show, I feel like is very much a culmination of it where like, I feel like the behind the scenes stuff is sold more than the actual games. If that makes sense. Right. Right. Uh, it doesn't really matter what the scores are, who makes whatever. It, it's more about like, okay, how does how does what happened on the field affect the, who's going to make the team, who's vibing with who? I don't know. It, and this is this is how like the writing about football is also. It's not necessarily about performance. It's about behind the scenes, back office drama. And I really dig that. It's fun. The thing I think is really int- one the the show as a whole is incredible quality. It has been every season that I've seen it, just the production value is really amazing. And the fact that each team and the NFL gets total cut rights on it and it still comes out like consistently good every year blows my mind. The thing that, that cracks me up in general uh, each year is because the teams get final cut right about, uh, you know, like the, they get to choose what doesn't go in and what does go in. You really get to see the personality that the team wants you to see and that's I, I this is the second time that the dallas cowboys have done one of these shows they did the an amazon show a couple of years ago the same way and it's amazing to me like jerry jones uh you know i think we talked about him well i can't remember what christian said i think he said he's not a person no he said mike mccarthy's not a person yeah mike mccarthy's mike McCarthy's not a person Oh, but no, uh, it, it's so funny because they show footage of, of young Jerry Jones, and he reminds me so much of the traditional way that Norman Osborne is drawn. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, a, it's an apt comparison, I feel like. And like watching it is just amazing because I think he wants to be seen. He's, you know, like 78 years old. He looks like he's 140. And he like wants to seem like I'm the guy uh, making all the decisions. I'm the one making this the most profitable NFL team in the world. But man, he just makes himself look like such a fucking asshole. Uh, and it's amazing. Like it's just amazing to me that somebody who gets the ability to to make these choices about what goes in and what goes out. Like just, I mean, I I can see I can see how he reads things that he thinks like make him seem like cool and powerful. Just make him right. look like a huge douche. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's really my favorite part of this season. I hate Jerry Jones and I love hating Jerry Jones. What's been really mind boggling to me about this series. But again, going back to just Mike McCarthy in general is he just seems so much like what a kid thinks 
an NFL coach yeah. should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I mean by that is like he's before, you know, it's the day before they travel for a preseason game. And he's like, we got to go out there and fucking compete, man. <laughs> it's about fucking competing men. We are men competing on a fucking battlefield, men. And you're like, you didn't say anything, guy. You just said men compete and fuck about a hundred times. And I got nothing out of it. There's no like, well, their defense, you know, they like to run a lot of man. So we're going to try to exploit that. It's just about competing as men and fucking competing as men. And it's just it, it's mind boggling to me that they thought this guy's a good leader. I know he's it. a leader of men. Well, I mean, that's that's <laughs> the, that's the key thing to, to dig back in uh, about a coach for Jerry Jones, because Jerry Jones just wants to run everything. So he just really wants a coach that will do what Jerry Jones tells him to do. Uh, which is also funny because if you if you watch this series and I don't recommend the Amazon series because it's not great, but you find out that the whole front office is run by his children, uh, yes. which you think would be like just a nepotism thing, which I think it is to some degree. You know, like okay, I'm 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 rich, I am powerful, I'm going to give my children rich and powerful jobs, but it's a hundred percent just a control thing because every time he talks to them, they don't respond to the, him as like professional people that have jobs. They respond to him like. Okay, daddy. Yes, daddy. Uh, it's fucking it's horrific to watch, uh, but I still recommend it. This sounds really interesting. Yeah. Actually. This out. But that's I it. wouldn't. But yeah, yeah, this is not this is not the best season. The biggest problem with the show is that you can't go back and rewatch old seasons of it because there are really, really good seasons. Uh, right. I would pitch you on. But I mean, you can if you want to hate Jerry Jones as much as I hate Jerry Jones. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> There is there is one way I can I would recommend doing this, which is either in the first or second episode. Ezekiel Elliott goes on a rant about his gooch being dry, which is itself already great. But then (laughs) Lee Schreiber has to narrate that, which is even better. (laughs) That does pretty solid. Anyway, that's it. That's it for this week. Shit, this went way way longer than I expected it to. Actually, I got one more thing I want to mention. Okay, I go for to it. mention this. Uh, I, I I'm all caught up on Ted Lasso now. That's still the best show on television. Uh, the most recent episode, I really was sick to hate it. It has like this rom com gimmick that they introduced in in the first scene. It's like this is going to be hacky and dumb. And then by the end of it, it had genuinely emotionally touched me. If you're not watching that show, you're dumb. That's all. Yeah, it's it's so great. And what's what's great to me about this season of Ted Lasso is there's been a couple of times where not that I've disliked Ted, I just have disliked decisions he's made. And yet right. I've I then I felt guilty about it later on. I was like, no, nope, you were wrong. <laughs> Ted was right. You fucking idiot. <laughs> right, right. One day I'll get my 30 day trial and do it. <laughs> It's worth it. It's so great. I know it. All right. Well, that's it for uh, for this week. I think next week we're probably doing Shang or Shang-Chi. <laughs> I can confirm that it is pronounced Shang in the film. In the film. But... Okay. Shang-Chi in the film. Uh, that, I sounded more racist than I meant to there. Shang-Chi. <laughs> uh, but thanks, everybody, for listening. I know we missed some animal movies. I know there are ones that you really love in your heart that were formative movies for you that we just fucking rolled over or didn't even mention. Uh, so if that happens, let us know. Uh, realphonies.gmail.com. You can also uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, at realphonies, on Instagram, at real underscore phonies. Thanks, Zach Evans, for our, and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. Later.